I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Tuesday, November 21st. An elderly woman was killed in a car crash with a Marshfield police vehicle yesterday. The police vehicle, which the Plymouth County DA's office says was being driven by an officer, appeared to be a military-style armored truck that left a red SUV with major frontal damage. While investigators were examining the tan military truck, the crash on Plain Street at Lady Slipper Lane took place at about 10.30 yesterday morning. First responders found the woman who had been driving the SUV with injuries. She was pronounced dead after being taken to South Shore Hospital. She has since been identified as 79-year-old Michelle Freestone from Marshfield. The driver of the other vehicle, a Marshfield police officer, was not injured. Investigators believe Freestone turned left in front of the police vehicle, which was not on its way to a call. The investigation into what happened was ongoing as of yesterday afternoon. The crash briefly closed Plain Street between Flagler and Old Plain Streets, according to Marshfield police. A former pediatrician from Norwell faced a judge yesterday as he faces accusations that he sexually assaulted two young patients decades ago. Prosecutors said many more people have since come forward saying that they also were victims. Approached after his court appearance, Dr. Richard Koff would not comment. The 68-year-old Koff was not arrested when charges were filed. As a result, he walked into court for his arraignment, where a prosecutor said at least two dozen girls or women have now said that they were victimized. As Plymouth County DA's office listened, the prosecutor detailed allegations from two women who said Koff molested them during annual checkups as far back as 1990. Koff, according to the victim's allegations, detailed in a Norwell police report, assaulted the girls from the time they were 7 or 8 until they were about 18 or 19. Prosecutors said they expect to file more charges and requested the judge set bail at $100,000. Koff's attorney noted that his wife was with him in court and they argued for just $10,000 bail. The judge opted to set cash bail at $50,000. Koff now cannot have unsupervised contact with children and has been ordered to stay away from South Shore medical locations in Norwell and Kingston, where he worked prior to his retirement last year. The Quincy Salvation Army kicks off their 27th annual Community Leader Holiday Kettle Drive in Quincy Center today. More than 50 key members of the community will be ringing the bell on the Hancock-Adams Common today and then again next Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Quincy Community Leader Kettle Drive was established in 1997 by the late Henry Bosworth, founder and longtime publisher of the Quincy Sun. Bosworth was a major supporter of the Salvation Army and served on their board. Bosworth's son, Robert, is following in his footsteps. Over the past 26 years, the community kettle has raised more than $132,000 for the Quincy Salvation Army. Over $10,000 was raised just last year. Quincy Salvation Army Captain Adam Boynton says they hope to raise a total of $100,000 during their Red Kettle campaign across the South Shore this holiday season. Funds raised are used to provide toys, gifts, clothing, and food to those in need. 
At a special town meeting in Canton last night, residents voted to audit the police department over a controversial murder investigation. More than 1,700 people showed up to vote on a topic that's divided the town. The investigation into the death of Boston Police Officer John O'Keefe and the murder charge against his girlfriend, Karen Reed. In the end, participants at last night's meeting voted 903 to 800 in favor of an audit of the Canton Police Department. In an earlier round of voting by hand, the audit passed, but that was formally challenged, leading to the second vote. A vote of no confidence in the police department was also withdrawn late last night. O'Keefe's body was found on a January morning in 2022 outside the home of Brian Albert, a fellow officer with the Boston Police. The night before, O'Keefe, Reed, and Albert and others drank at a bar before returning to Albert's home, where Reed told police she dropped O'Keefe off. Prosecutors say Reed hit O'Keefe with her SUV and left him to die. She has pleaded not guilty. Her defense attorneys have alleged a large-scale cover-up. The high-profile case has since overshadowed everyday life in Canton, and the divide was on full display at last night's town meeting. One resident who spoke argued that there are already checks and balances in place within the department. Another countered that an audit would look at officers' compliance, referring to the current protocols as, quote, self-grading. Massachusetts announcing plans yesterday to let homeless families stay overnight in the State Transportation Building in Boston as officials scramble to find shelter for newly arrived families after hitting a state-imposed limit of 7,500 families in the state's emergency homeless shelter system. The space located in the office building is large enough to provide overnight shelter for up to 25 families with cots and limited amenities and will only be used in the evening and overnight hours. As of Friday, there were 92 families on the state's waiting list for emergency shelter. The transportation building includes offices for the Mass Department of Transportation, the MBTA, and other transportation agencies. The new shelter space will only be available to families who've been assessed at a state intake site and determined eligible for emergency assistance. The site is temporary and is expected to operate for about two weeks until an additional safety net shelter program is operational. Our tributes poured in yesterday as the Massachusetts political world mourned the death of John Walsh, a Democratic activist who helped get Deval Patrick elected governor and invigorated the party's progressive grassroots in the process. The former Democratic Party chairman was 65. Walsh's death yesterday was confirmed by the state Democratic Party and Senator Ed Markey, where Walsh worked as chief of staff. Markey called Walsh a political genius and a transformational figure in the history of Massachusetts movement building, and numerous mourners said Walsh's legacy will be the huge roster of young people he mentored and encouraged to become more involved in their communities and politics. An Abington selectman and insurance salesman who'd been involved in campaigns for years, Walsh was a key architect of Deval Patrick's successful 2006 run for governor. The mostly unknown Milton lawyer scored a stunning win over two longer-established Democrats and a well-financed Republican officeholder 
with Walsh as his campaign manager. He was propelled to cult hero status among many of the party faithful for having awoken the party's grassroots to boot Republicans from the governorship after 16 years. Walsh then served as chair of the state Democratic Party from 2007 to 2013, most of Patrick's two terms as governor. He was also at the helm of Markey's 2020 re-election, which saw the longtime member of Congress successfully define himself as a progressive champion to endear himself to young liberal voters and fend off a primary challenge from Congressman Joe Kennedy III. After that campaign, Walsh moved inside government and took the job of being Markey's chief of staff. Massachusetts has launched a new state police unit to help deter hate crimes, support victims, and help create more resilient communities. As reports of hate crimes are on the rise in the state, the newly formed Hate Crimes Awareness and Response Team will help bolster statewide data collection and information sharing to identify statewide, national, and global patterns and trends. It will also develop training protocols to help police agencies better investigate hate crimes and streamline coordination between federal, state, and local law enforcement. A recent report published by the Executive Office of Public Safety and Security recorded 440 reports of hate crime incidents statewide in 2022, up from 406 in 2021, and the highest reported since 2002. Last year, like years past, prejudice against race and ethnicity or national origin was the most widely reported bias motivation, followed by reports of bias against religious groups, bias against sexual orientation. A movement called One Fair Wage is gaining momentum in Massachusetts to raise the minimum wage for tipped workers who currently earn a sub-minimum wage of $6.75 an hour. Worker tips are supposed to make up the difference to reach the standard minimum wage of $15 an hour. The movement has gathered over 75,000 signatures to put the issue on the ballot as a question for voters next year. The Massachusetts Restaurant Association warns that a universal wage would be devastating for many owners. The one fair wage is already passed in seven states, the District of Columbia, and the city of Chicago. President Joe Biden will continue a Thanksgiving family tradition this week in Massachusetts. Biden will eat his Thanksgiving turkey with family on Nantucket, as he has in years past. During the Biden family trip to Nantucket last Thanksgiving, the President and First Lady shopped at local stores for Small Business Saturday, attended a Christmas tree lighting, and brought pies to local firefighters. Biden will pardon two turkeys named Liberty and Belle, On Sunday, he and the First Lady served an early Thanksgiving meal to hundreds of service members from the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and the USS Gerald R. Ford at the Norfolk Naval Station in Virginia, the largest installation of its kind in the world, along with their families. A check of business news this morning. Stocks bounced higher yesterday. The Dow was up 203. The Nasdaq rose 159. The S&P added 33. Global stocks are mixed. The dollar was down. The euro rose. Oil at $77 a barrel. In sports, Celtics lose in Charlotte, 118-121 in overtime. The Celtics 
will take on Milwaukee Bucks at home tomorrow night at 7.30. And the Bruins were down by Tampa Bay 5-4. to Bees will be at the Florida Panthers Wednesday night at 7. Forecast from the National Weather Service today, mostly cloudy at a high of 41 degrees. For tonight, a shower late, a low in the mid-30s. Rain and wind tomorrow with a high of 48 degrees. And then Thanksgiving Day, partly cloudy with a high of 50. Friday, partly cloudy, high 45. The marine forecast calling for waves of about a foot. Northeast winds 5 to 10 will become easterly 10 to 15 later today. Next high tide 5.48 p.m. Sunrise 6.41 sets at 4.17. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Tuesday, November 21st.